know, we have default states. Think about your computer, right? Your mouse moves at a certain speed, keystrokes happen at certain defaults. 97% of people never go in and optimize their defaults, right? And so what is something that you do every day? Have a good day. When it makes me want to throw up, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to have a good day. I'm only going to live once. And so I want to have a great day. And I want you to have a great day too, because that's the mindset. When you win the mind, you win the day. If I'm only entitled to good, that's all I'm ever going to get. And so the idea of settling and being told every day, have a good day, have a good day, have a good day. No, it's not just Monday. It's happy Monday. Have a great day. And so when you see people starting to change their vocabulary because they're now thinking about it and they're reprogramming reprogramming their mind to say, yeah, it makes a difference of how, what's the story I'm going to tell myself, right? If I'm going to have a good day, then that's all I expect. If I'm going to have a great day, I'm going to come and I'm going to live with intention. I'm going to get my actions in alignment with my vision and my values. I'm going to puff my chest out. Shit is good. Life is good. Right. And so, um, yeah, you only live once, Pablo. Oh, man. I hope you're ready for the shot of positivity that is listening to my buddy Jerry McNamara for a couple of minutes here on the Chief Executive Connector podcast. I'll be honest. I thought that I blew this interview completely. And when I re-listened to it, I realized that it is full of gold because Jerry is just that good. He is a guy that has led five different companies across multiple industries. He's been named an ultimate CEO. He's got a billion accolades. But at the end of the day, he's pretty much just the most likable guy I may have ever met. So follow along. Hit subscribe. Share this episode if you really, really like it. And I'm going to let the stilts fill my buddy's band from Miami, Florida, take it away so that you can enjoy Jerry McNamara in episode two of the Chief Executive Connector podcast. One, two, one, two, one, two, three, go! You like it, right? Are you a hype man or not? I'm a hype man. You ready? You ready? All right. (laughs) Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I'm your host, Pablo Gonzalez. We are honored today by my friend joining us who has been, that has led five companies across five different industries. He has made the Inc. Fastest Growing Companies list twice. He's been named a top 40 under 40 and an ultimate CEO by the business journals. He is unquestionably brilliant, unquestionably really, really kind. One of the coolest guys that I've had the good fortune to connect with. My buddy, Jerry McNamara. J-Mac, say what's up. You forgot um, the prettiest guy in the room, (laughs) according to my mother. That's the most important um, prize that's not on that list. According to my mother, I say that to too many guys, so I kind of stayed off of that. <laughs> What's up, Pablo? What's up, buddy? Thanks for, thanks for meeting. Thanks for Absolutely. doing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, uh, this is a fun project. I believe in you, and uh, I think you're going to bring a lot of value into uh, helping people connect. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome, man. Let's get, let's get right into the Valley, Jerry. I, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and they always start off with these like long background story intros. I want to, I want to dive right into the meat and bring as much value as possible. Sweet. And what I want to start with is I know that you had a lot of success young and at some point, and you were just going, burning the candle on both ends. You were just working, working, working as hard as possible. You were killing it. And then you had a health scare 
that led you to a realization of there has to be a better way. Can you give us a little bit of context of how you got into that situation before we talk about kind of like what you found and how, and how you've sure. moved on that? Yeah. So, you know, entrepreneurs, CEOs, senior leaders, whatever it is, right. The, this whole uh, idea of the hustle and the grind and you got to keep on doing more and more and more. And so I was help, helping lead a company. Um, we went from 5.9 million to 15 million in 18 months uh, we were raising venture capital. I was flying around to opening stores, visit, visiting stores. Um, I, I mean, I remember one uh, Christmas time I was on the road 52 or 59 days. Uh, and then uh, one day I woke up and I thought I was having a heart attack, right? Because I had been, um, you know, 100-hour weeks became commonplace. It became a badge of honor to sleep on the couch outside of my office, which uh, looking back is one of the stupidest things I ever did. But uh, I was 26 years old. I was laying on a hospital gurney. They had all these little EKG things hooked up to me. And I remember counting the dots in the, in the ceiling tile, those little industrial ceiling tiles. And I thought, what have you done? And, um, you know, I think there is a badge of honor to working really hard. I, I take great pride in that. Um, but there has to be something more. It's not just work. There's got to be a higher purpose to that. And so, um, Yeah. You can work yourself literally to near death, Pablo. I'm sure someone can work themselves literally to death. I think that I err on the other side of that. And I really respect guys. <laughs> no, I, I mean it, right? Like I really, I, I, I have realized that I have gone really, really far based on a, a lack of work ethic and, and, and making it up in, in other things. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeking that, right. Like I'm seeking that discipline and that work ethic piece, but I know that most people are on the other side of the spectrum, right? Most people that most people that achieve have kind of just killed themselves to do it. And I get a lot of outreach from, from my friends that see me doing it the unconventional way and, and asking me how, what's, what's the better way to go about this. Right. And I know that you have some kind of core beliefs around, how you've been able to go from being this hardcore grinder, sacrifice yourself for this better good to, to finding like a good balance. Is there, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, I think there, um, in life, if you don't have a clear picture of where you're going and how you're going to get there, then you're always going to blow like leaf in the wind. Right? So when I meet with people and they feel disillusioned, I ask them, you know, what is your vision for the world? What do you want the world to do for and with you? And, um, you know, what are the values that you're going to use to get there? So, um, I, I use the analogy, the road and the rails, right? Here's the road that we're about to travel. And here are the guardrails that are going to keep me in alignment because, um, have you ever, Pablo, have you ever done something where you, it's, there's like a lack of harmony between the actions that you've taken and it's not getting you on the path and it's not who you aspire to be, right? For sure. Disjoint, right? For sure. And that, that pit is really just a, a lack of alignment. And so when you are able to align your actions, your values and your vision together, that to me is positive fulfillment and it unlocks the highest purpose of life, which is joy, right? And so you have to know where you're going. You have to know how it is that you're going to get there. Um, and then every day you just take your actions to, you know, move an inch forward. Your, the beginning of your career was, was it the, the construction company or was it the franchise company? It was a franchise company. So it was a had, franchise uh, company. Yep. Retail soccer stores in 13 states. Retail soccer stores in 13 states. What, at what point did you put those guardrails in? Like, can you, can you kind of talk me through the, um, you know, how you were kind of burning the oil hot and then, and then you realized that you needed to put these guardrails and, and, and have this vision in that company? Yeah, so it was um, it was uh, after I left uh, the franchise company. Okay, um, I had visited with my doctor. Um, mm -hmm. What was what I thought was a heart attack was uh, actually just extremely high blood pressure. And uh, after three months of not being able to work my way through that, my doctor looked at me, who had been my doctor my whole life, and he said, um, "Either you can quit your job or you can find a new doctor." And I. Thought, oh wow! What do you? I mean, Doc Higgins. What, what do you mean? And uh, he said, "Well, obviously, if you don't believe me, then you know um, you should go find another doctor because you're killing yourself." And um, miracle of all miracles, the following month after I had uh, left that company, uh, my blood pressure was back 120 over 80, and so all environmentally induced. 
But, you know, you keep on looking and saying, you know, why do we do these things to ourselves? Um, I think I've always been a very uh, driven person, a values-driven person. Um, and I believe that leaders are learners. So you keep on reading and thinking and listening and talking. And how do I get better today than I was yesterday? And so um, I, I think that's an endless journey that you go on. Um, you know, as, at 45, I'm, I think I'm pretty, pretty clear in my values. Um, I have enough experiences that I've pushed through to say, yeah, I, I know who I am. I know what I want out of life. Um, I would tell you it's the values that are more important than the vision because mm -hmm. the vision changes over time. You know, life circumstances change. Having a wife changes some of that. Having kids changes some of that. And so that kind of life maturity, life experiences may change the path that you want to go, but the how you get there, you know, love your people and treat them as whole people. It's my first value. Um, you know, those things to me are enduring. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I could see how even if you have a well-charted path for a perfect destination that you want to get to, some externality in your life, right? Uh, somebody in your, in your life gets sick, you have a baby, you have a wife, you know, something has to happen where you have to give some of that up. But having those values to guide you are the non-negotiables, right? Like I could 100%. say that, yeah, I could say right now I'm trying to prove that community creation is the future of business development. That is my, that is my current mission. If at some point that changes to, no, what I really want to do is save the environment, which by the way, it's backwards, right? It used to be, I want to be save the environment. And now it's proved that community is important. That's my real yep. career. Yep. My values have always been serve others, right? How can I, how can I figure out a way to empower people to figure this type of stuff out, to help themselves, to help each other. And that may, and, and that makes great sense. And I think that's where you and I really, really connect, right? Like your, your core value being love. Lo what, what is it you said? Love your people and treat them as whole people. Love your people and treat them as whole people. And I think it's amazing that this uh, treatment of others and employees and customers and everything is becoming a thing now, which it, it really wasn't before. Maybe, maybe you saw it before, but I never really had a North star like that until quite frankly, for me, it was Gary Vee. How did you, how did you come, come to that value? Well, so let me just finish the, the, yeah. the thought about vision Please. and values, right? So, I mean, in business, they actually have a term for it now. Um, companies pivot, mm. right? Which means we, build a business model that doesn't work. So now we're going to try something else. Yeah. And my experience of sitting in rooms with uh, investment groups and private equity and VC is they're assessing the senior leadership. Does this group have the intellectual horsepower and the values to navigate the waters of where we think we're going, right? Because where we think we're going may not be the end destination. And so I'm investing in people first and ideas second. Um, and so that's why I, I really believe, you know, vision is critically important. It motivates, it resonates, it, you know, gets people uh, moving. But at the same time, uh, if you had to ask me what was more important, one or the other, it's values, 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 values. So that makes perfect sense. So, all right. So then you started with the franchise business. Yep. You accomplished that one way, right? Just pure horsepower. Then you moved on to what was that, the highlight in that franchise business, right? You, you expanded that. Give me, give me kind of like the highlight there of, of what you accomplished in that business. Oh man. So we had, we took people whose dream was to own a soccer store and we helped put them in business. Right? Okay. I, 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 mm -hmm. My favorite thing that I uh, always did in every store is the, the very first day um, when the, it was nine o'clock and we closed the store and I would walk out front. I made it a point to walk out with the franchise owners and I'd walk them into the parking lot and I'd, turn them around. We had this beautiful store with lots of product. Mm -hmm. And I would say, congratulations, your dream came true. Right. I still get chills. Amazing. Up, right. Yeah. So when, when you think about what it is that you're doing, um, you know, for me, sure. The vehicle was a soccer retail franchise concept. It was really, you know, how do you help make people's dreams come true? That's what, that's what drove me. Right. And so there was a, there's always been a higher purpose of what it is that I'm doing, you know, from, um, 
you know, uh, I went and ran a manufacturing company up in Toronto. Well, we sold sports uniforms. And so to me, that was creating positive outlets for um, people to enjoy and come together. Right. That's a, a huge thing. I ran, uh, you know, an internet company, same concept, still in the sports environment, ran a construction company. and we, we serviced the foreclosure market. Right. So we worked with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, Wells Fargo, all these you know, assets that had come back to them. And I said, we are not just rehabbing homes. We are revitalizing neighborhoods. We are protecting people's biggest assets which is their home, right? And so uh, it became a larger pursuit for us. We weren't just trying to turn and burn on properties. We were trying to make a meaningful difference to our community. Those things are really critical to me. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, and, and that's clear. I, in a selfish way, was trying to make you flex your muscles of what you've accomplished in a very superficial way of, of financial success, right? Like, I know you took that, I know you took that franchise company from five to what is it? 15 million, five to mm -hmm. 40, five to 15, 15 million. Then yep. you, you, you left that, you joined this manufacturing company, um, yep. kind of any kind of growth numbers to, to, to kind of cite there and stuff like that. I think we grew sales 35% is my recollection. 35%. Um, I, I, I am a big numbers guy. I mean, I mm -hmm. love numbers. It's in my LinkedIn um, sure. profile. I mean, that's, that's going back 25 years now. So I'm, I don't I'm just, remember those numbers exactly. Cool, cool. I'm just building credibility here because now I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get into what you're doing right now and give you a, an absolute vote of confidence, right? Like, yeah. I, I know that you've grown companies across different sectors, right? And your latest venture was, again, coaching CEOs and, and, and bringing a, a, a group coaching program to CEOs. And now you're branching off doing that in a, in a slightly different way. And, and I want to hear about it, right? So what, what are you up to right now? What's proven chaos? Proven chaos. So, um, you know, as I say, when I go into businesses, you know, you've proven there's a marketplace, but you're in chaos, either because your systems, your people, your process haven't kept up. Or the other uh, thing that I see happen is uh, you have an entrepreneur or CEO who has built something and uh, now they feel disillusioned by it, right? And so they are feeling chaos internally. So I've proven I have this business, I can do it, but is that all there is, right? And so you have to go back to that. You know, what is your vision for the world? How does business fit into your life instead of your life being squeegeed inside your business? Um, what are your values, right? And so what is your approach to people getting really grounded in those, um, those thoughts and ideas? So, um, you know, my, my whole career has been spent helping people in business um, accelerate to achieve more. And that's, you know, that's been the fun part. I mean, uh, if you look at the course of my career, I've never been the technical leader, right? And I'm very comfortable um, not being the technical leader because I, what I have found is business is widgets, right? Um, succeeding as a person is widgets, and so having a framework by which you can replicate that success again and again, that's what's really important, right? Because you're always grounded in the fundamentals. When something's broken, it's getting yourself back grounded in the fundamentals, right? And so, um, you know, I have, uh, I've been in the midst of writing a book. My wife keeps on asking when it's going to hit Amazon. I keep on telling her, sweetheart, um, takes a long time to do this. But, you know, it's the nine principles of personal performance. My friend, Sean Tomberl, and, you know, we were sitting out on my patio one night and he said, man, I don't know how you've done this. You, at that time, I had run four companies and he said, you've run four companies, four different industries, business to business, business to consumer, and you've created success in every single one of them. How did you do that? And I looked right at him and I said, that's a great question. I'm not sure. Right. And so, but that caused me to be introspective and mm -hmm. to say, what is it that, um, I'm applying to these situations and it's, there's always a system. There's always a process. There's always a framework because that's what creates repeatable success. So personally there's framework, you know, on the business side, you know, people want to, uh, companies want to outperform, right? They don't want to just have incremental growth. They want to have exponential growth. You got to think your way. How, how am I going to do that? And so I call it the big O how, how to climax businesses. Right. And so, um, 
what I find is companies that want to outperform do three things better than anyone else. They out-strategize, they out-invest, and they out-execute. Mm-hmm. And each of those little buckets have things that go along with it, right? And then it's rinse and repeat. You're continuing to do that. You're continuing to iterate. You're continuing to look outside of your own industry so that you don't benchmark. You look outside to other industries so that you can innovate. And you say, oh, I like that over there. How do I apply that to my business? And you change the rules of the game, right? So I really like the idea of friendly friction and leaning in and causing people to be uncomfortable. Right? Don't ever say to me like, oh, that's the way we've always done it. You will not like my response. And I'm, I try to be one of the nicest people I know. But um, I don't like when people or companies go through the motions on things. Right. When you when you say leaning in, and maybe this is a total sidebar. When you say leaning right. in and, and making people uncomfortable, I think of that story that Matt told me when I first, uh, I, I think he said it while he was speaking, when you're next to some lady at Orange Theory and you just kind of <laughs> lean over and go, you can go harder or something That's like right. that. Right? That's right. <laughs> and then later on, she posts on her social media something about some guy totally motivated me in the gym and it was the best day ever. I think that's amazing. That's so you. Now, you know, now that I know you. It's, uh, but it's the truth, right? So uh, I've written about this before and everyone laughs, but um, you know, we have default states. Think about your computer, right? Mm-hmm. Your mouse moves at a certain speed. Keystrokes happen at certain defaults. 97% of people never go in and optimize their defaults, yep. right? And so what is something that you do every day? Have a good day. When it makes me want to throw up, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to have a good day. I'm only going to live once. And so I want to have a great day. And I want you to have a great day too. Because that's the mindset. When you win the mind, you win the day. If I'm only entitled to good, that's all I'm ever going to get. And so the idea of settling and being told every day, have a good day, have a good day, have a good day. No, it's not just Monday. It's happy Monday. Have a great day. And so when you see people starting to change their vocabulary because they're now thinking about it and they're reprogramming, reprogramming their mind to say, yeah, it makes a difference of how, what's the story I'm going to tell myself, right? If I'm going to have a good day, then that's all I expect. Yeah. If I'm going to have a great day, I'm going to come and I'm going to live with intention. I'm going to get my actions in alignment with my vision and my values. I'm going to puff my chest out. Shit is good. Life is good, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, you only live once, Pablo. You know what? I want to have more fun than anyone else. And, you know, my, my wife will occasionally make fun of me. Um, you know, I'll say hi to anyone. I'm on the New York City. I'm the only guy in New York City subway saying hi to everyone, making eye contact. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Happy I Thursday. Believe that. I believe that. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So you're, you're touching, you're touching on some core stuff for me. You're talking about how you're able to see across different industries and contextualize and adopt things that you learn. And I know from your backstory that you have an older brother that's eight years older than you. Mm-hmm. And having an old, I had an older brother that's eight, eight years older than me too. And when I heard you say that story of having a brother, since you have a brother that's that much older than you, you're able to have that influence that's close enough to you, yet it's separated enough that it can give you perspective and learn from other people's mistakes. Totally. And I think that's been a major advantage in my life and I see it matriculating in you. So now I apply that same passionate approach to networking. I think that's my superpower in the sense that I've touched so many different industries and I have heard the pain points and the journey mm-hmm. and how people are succeeding and failing and, and, and why and why not and bringing that into your world into your pain point and, and how can we contextualize for you? Right? Like, what do you do? I mean, I feel like I just, I, I just spouted a lot here, but being able to move across industries like you have, is that, was that a, was that something that influences? Like what, what do you think gives you, has given you the success to be able to recontextualize things and, and, and to go from industry to industry, having success in I'm intellectually curious. End of story. I I don't think um, that you can have sustained success over long periods of time if you are not intellectually curious. 
right? And so um, one of my uh, daily intentions that I say uh, every morning to remind myself and try and get my life to live like this, but Mm -hmm. um, to live in wonder instead of judgment. And Mm. so when you walk Mm. in every day to every company without judgment and you say, huh, that's interesting. It changes the dynamic of what becomes possible. You live in a world of possible. And that to me is the, um, I don't know. I don't want to say, uh, you know, the secret to success, but you have to have a mindset that you live in a world of possible. I love when people tell me they can't, that you can't do something. Right? Don't, don't tell me that. Right? I, I, I specifically remember the construction company and you know, we had gone from 7 million to 13 million. And I was sitting with uh, our accountant and the owner of the company and, uh, I said, yeah, we're going to do 25 to $30 million next year. And uh, the accountant kind of just chuckled and uh, said, yeah, how are you going to do that? And, and actually, it pissed me off. And I said, you just watch me. I have a plan. And I knew exactly how we were going to do that. And we, we went and did $28.5 million the following year. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I love that whole concept of you have to live in possible to be able to uh, see things that other people are going to miss. Is that, is that at the core of you being able to learn from others' mistakes? Like instead of having to experience it yourself, right? Like I, like, like I think that there is one level that is curiosity mm-hmm. and then there's another level of, I guess it's humility that you don't say, oh, well, he messed up because it's him and not me and I can do it differently, right? Like how do you, you know, what, where, do you, where do you put the piece where you're able to learn from others without having to eat that turd sandwich yourself? Yeah, so I think that's just a really good tactic, right? It's another way of learning mm-hmm. and it's a faster way to iterate, right? And so for me, you know, why do I read books? Because, well, I, um, I can't create those, all of those experiences myself to have those learning moments. So, um, you know, I, I talk a lot about ego too, right? Cause I think when people make it about them instead about the world and how I can serve and be better, um, then we miss the mark. You know, one of my uh, favorite authors is Ryan holiday. He wrote ego is the enemy. I, re- I recommend that book all the time, right? And when you make it about you instead of success, um, that's when you lose. And so the second piece, so I think that's just a tactic to learning, right? So intellectual curiosity and that ability of living in wonder, wow, how are they doing it that way? That's really interesting, right? And then the willingness to like, you know, get dirty, ask lots of questions, pick up the phone and call people and be like, hey, I really admire what it is that you're doing. Can I grab 30 minutes to ask you three questions? And so um, in my contract with the construction company, I had the right, um, the contractual right one day a month to leave the office, to go do something that was going to grow me and my skills, right? And because I knew, um, you know, I wasn't the intellectual leader there. I wasn't doing it to get a day off. It was creating a buffer for me to make sure that I was continuing to learn and grow as a leader. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I thought that was really important. That's brilliant. That's yeah. super brilliant. I really like that. When I, when we first started talking and I was going down my venture, yep. it's funny to think back on it now because we have this conversation. I spew all sorts of ideas about what I want to do and I infopreneurship and blah, 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 and my funnel and this and that. And you very clearly cut through all that fat and go, okay, then you got to develop your course. Your course content is the, the pillar thing that everything else is going to derive from. And me and my, you know, lack of discipline took me a really, really long time to develop that stuff. And now that I actually had produced, I, now that I've produced these 22 networking superchargers things and started putting out that content, even though I didn't put it out as a course, it has completely changed the game for me. Right. So you, you hit it on the head in more ways than I thought. At first I thought you were thinking, well, this is the monetization path, but all the externalities that came from it, have been really what's tipped the scales for me. How did you, how'd you do that, Jerry? (laughs) (laughs) 
Man, you know, I think it's like the, uh, I think it's sometimes you can't, amid the chaos of your own thing that you're doing and the ideas, you can't get out of your own way. And sometimes just listening, uh, you know, I'd like to pride myself on being a good listener. I think leaders are great listeners. Um, you hear the things that are energizing someone and the things that they think they should be doing, but they know, you know, you're never going to get it to the finish line because you're not really aligned in purpose, passion, values, all of those things. Right. And so, um, I'm a big believer in how do you create platforms? Right. And so to me, all of the things that you were doing related to the platform that you needed to create, you had the, the intellectual knowledge, you had the intellectual property. You just needed to get it out of yourself and into some form, whether it was a digital format or, you know, video, whatever it may be. And so, uh, I think about things in frameworks and platforms. And that to me was very clearly, that was the platform that was going to create opportunities for you on all the other things that you were talking about. Is that platform thought why you, I mean, you make a lot of content, right? Like you have a very fruitful blog, you're active on LinkedIn. You know, I see you, I see you out there putting in more content than the average executive that I know that comes from brick and mortar. Is that where that thinking comes from or, or is that, or is that something else? Um, no, I mean, I do it to help people. I, I wouldn't say that there's an intent of creating a platform there. Um, I, I probably feel a little bit differently about that now with what I'm doing right now um, of creating a platform, which is what I will go after and do and, and pursue. Um, but no, I, you know, to me, it's the mental exercise, Pablo. It's, mm. it's you know, some people... Um, you know, need to have the, the human interaction, which I, I love to do. Um, I also love to get lost in thought. I love to tackle the biggest problems. Um, you know this, I get up at 4 a.m. every day. Um, that is my time to get centered, to prime my mind for the day. And um, someday I'll show you my phone, right? I have, uh, uh, I think when I looked uh, on Friday, there's about 288 uh, I have a folder for it. It says business ideas. Um, just like ideas and thoughts that I have and things that I've seen go, go wrong in companies and just how we can do better as a business, right? No one sets out to say, I, I want to suck, right? No one sets out. They all, we all want to be great, but how do we go about doing that? So in answer, um, I don't create that content, um, you know, in, in the mindset of a platform, um, it's more in the mode of just, uh, how do I help? How do I help people not get their teeth bashed in because everyone wants to be great. They just don't know the path forward. Interesting. I see it as, as I have gone down this really dive into the value of networking and everything. And I've always been a content guy, I think because I like attention, but now that I'm actually producing content and putting it out at scale, I, I just, I just see it as networking at scale, man. Like I, like I think mm -hmm. the interaction that you and I are having that makes me like you and that we're, and that, that we're speaking, if I'm not a talker and instead of I'm a reader and I come across the Jerry McNamara blog, and I'm um, read something else. I, I feel like I'm having a conversation with you. I'm engaged with you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing all the things that I would like about you speaking to you without having to be on your calendar kind of thing. Right. It's really powerful. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, um, I guess I'd have to be a little bit more thoughtful and reflective of your question. Um, it didn't start out that way. Um, it started out as a personal place for me to start sharing my thoughts. Yeah. And I would tell you that over time, um, there's been enough people that have visited and have sought me out and um, sent me messages that um, uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say there's a community behind it. Right. But there, there are people that I know read what I write mm -hmm. regularly and mm -hmm. I don't, I don't write, every day. Right. Um, but, 
Um, when I have something to say, I take the time to say it. Speaking of community, can we talk about your office hours? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I'm the guy, Pablo, and um, my wife always laughs about this. She always say, why does everyone think you're so cool and so smart? And I say, I, I don't know, because I don't think I really am. But um, I'm, the, I'm the guy that people go like, you know what, you should really talk to Jerry. He probably can help you solve whatever that problem is. And so um, what, what I'm uh, doing is that instead of taking those as one-off um, uh, calls, I'm going to create a, what, what we learned in college, right? Office hours. So you went and saw your professor, asked your questions. Um, sometimes you had fellowship. You know, I, I think about my favorite professor, Bill Swinford, um, had great office hours, right? And I went and visited with him on a regular basis, um, not because of the course, but um, because I just loved him as a person, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's the opportunity once a week for an hour to say, here I am, I'm available. It's scheduled on my calendar. Um, and so drop in, ask whatever question you have. We'll wrap some ideas and see if we can't leave you in a better place. And so um, that's what we're going to do. It's going to start at the beginning of December so that we can get on the other side of uh, Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that because that's uh, what I do anyway. I just thought, let me give that a, uh, a framework so that it's physically on my calendar and I can say, great, sign up for office hours, 2 p.m. on Wednesday. It's virtual, right? It's, I mean, it's a virtual, big Zoom call. Zoom, Zoom call, whoever wants to come. Uh, you know, it'll just, it'll just be, uh, fun to, you know, speak with people. You know, I, I find, um, you know, when I left the construction company, uh, I probably saw about a hundred businesses, Pablo, that mm -hmm. I went in and, and, you know, took some type of look at, or, you know, met with owners, CEOs, the business problems, um, aren't dissimilar no matter what stage you're at, right? I think what I find is, you know, people who are under 5 million say like, oh, my problems are way different than the person at, you know, 20 million. Uh, and, and they're not, right? You know, it's just, it's um, how you're doing that at scale. Um, but, you know, hiring, strategy, right? Implementation, execution of, of tactics, um, the accountable cultures, right? One of my favorite things to, to talk about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's all widgets. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't B to B, B to C. Um, I literally have seen so many different businesses and have operated businesses in, in, you know, both B to B and B to C and multiple industries. I think I have a pretty good handle on saying businesses, widgets, there's a framework that you go by and, and do it and think about it. I mean, you figured out my little infopreneurship business model that has just been invented. You figured it out immediately, right? So I think this, I think this office hours thing that you're doing is brilliant. I think you, person listening to this right now, sign up for his office hours, ask Jerry a question. He's obviously a super likable guy. And I think it's, I think it's really smart in the sense that you are now, you have a group of people that read your writing. So why not gather them into one place where you can ask their, answer their questions one-on-one? -on -one? and create this content and everything that you just talked about all the iterations that you've been through right like creating one well planned out time to iterate through problems and iterate through different contextualizations of your philosophies and the way that you do things and apply it to other contexts i think it's brilliant man i really applaud you for that and i Thank think you. it's i think it's the future man like you're leading with value just like the the, the winners are going to be you know yeah and i think i think um pablo it's really important um, I don't need transactions in my life anymore. Yeah. Right. And so um, what I mean by that is I seek out transformations. I seek out people with value alignment who are good, nice people who have the potential to be great. And um, we're going to transform each other. Not only are they going to elevate me, I'm going to help uh, elevate them. That's what I'm looking for. Right. I don't need transactions. Transactions are great and there's a spot for it, but Boy, isn't there, uh, I don't know, for me, like Tom's resonates with me. Honest T's yeah. resonates with me. Like that whole, um, I say there's, there is a social compact that we should all commit to leaving the world a better place than when we found it. And now that I have two young kids, I'm even more committed to doing that, right? And so um, I'm a capitalist through and through. 
But I also believe that there is a responsibility and a strong responsibility that we have um, to make sure that we, we leave uh, a good, gentle footprint. Totally agree, man. Speaking of seeking out extraordinary people, Jerry, I would like to talk about how we met. How I love we, it. How do we meet? So Pablo, um, you applied for a sales position at the company that I was leading. And you were recommended by uh, someone who I trust and I really like. Whitney Ritchie, super connector. Super connector. She is yeah. a super connector. She's the best. Super woman too. Yeah, amazing. Um, and so uh, we met. You were great. I think you had maybe, uh, you might be, have been drinking from the same water bottle um, because you're an environmentalist. You don't believe in plastic water bottles. And. Fact. You, uh, we interviewed together, had a great time, sat at Florida uh, Juice and Bowl, and um, probably were there an hour and a half, right? And just getting to know one another. Um, and what I learned about Pablo is he is a world-class opener and a below-average closer. And so I think what you're doing is right in your skill set. You... Uh, have this ability immediately to be likable, uh, relatable. I think you, you, you're well-spoken, you're competent, um, you know, you're a decent-looking guy, not a great-looking guy, but a decent-looking guy, right? So you're not like, eh. Mm. But um, no, you, you have kind of all of those things. And so I think that you recognized, hey, I'm great at the start, but not great at the finish. And so... Um, that's why you didn't get the job with us. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you something else, man. When I started reaching out to you, right, I, I, I know that the next, the, my next contact with you was I invited you to a real estate networking event. And I'm like, I sent you that thing because at the time I had just gotten connected with the Yellowbird Connect. I thought it was an mm -hmm. awesome event. And I'm yeah. like, God, I, I need to be able to invite this dude to somewhere because I like him and I want to build this relationship. But at the same time, I know that when you invite someone to a real estate networker, it sounds like, hey, come join my pyramid scheme. What was your, what was your initial reaction when I tried, when I basically was just like, hey, man, I just want to build this relationship. I mean, how, how, did, how did that come across? Oh, on my side, I tried to get to the event. Um, I think Rachel was traveling. And so, um, yeah, I, I love communities and ecosystems and, um, you know, I, so, um, yeah, that to me, that was not weird at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I thought it was a great tactic, um, in getting to know someone. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, on, on my side, I just thought, Oh, smart guy, obviously outgoing, trying to continue to build relationship and rapport. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that is one of my networking supercharger tips. I call I it, being, I call it be inviting, right? Like find stuff that you think are cool think is good and, and invite other people to it. Well, and it's funny because you were going somewhere um, last week and uh, I was trying to make that happen, but Rachel was traveling again. Yeah. She travels a lot. Yeah, I've invited you to like a million things. Rachel's always on the road. Rachel, you're really, you're really stepping in between yes. Jerry and my relationship here, she, buddy. She, le she leaves again tomorrow for Nashville. Uh, there you go, man. Back on daddy duty. That's right. Jerry, what, uh, how do you want to leave this? Right? Like I, I, I wanted to wrap this up kind of talking about how we met and, and the idea that just because you get turned down from a job doesn't mean that you can't then go forge a relationship. And I, and I want these chief executive connector episodes to, to show all the different ways that bring people into my life point done, whatever I want to yeah. end with you, man. What are you, what do well, you I, help with? I, How I can think, I serve you? Man, I think it's, I think it's so good, Pablo, because what I think people um, don't do is go after the things that they want. Right. And so when you come back to, you know, for me, it always starts with vision and values. Like where, where am I going? How am I getting there? And so if you have crystallized that really clearly and you want to go do something, then you have to lean into doing it, even if it's a little uncomfortable. So, you know, if you want to build world-class relationships, you want to do world-class things, you have to build world-class relationships. And the only way you can do that is, you know, um, I don't know. You got to lean in. I think about my wife who is um, way world-class and you know, her big joke is 
when I met her on a cruise that I never stopped calling her. And that is the truth. I called her every day. And, uh, you know, whatever, 14 years, two kids, um, you know, it worked out pretty well for me. And so I think your supercharger tip of, you know, leaning in, being inviting, you know, you're only going to be what's Jim Rome says, you know, you, you are the average of the six people you put around you. And so um, you have to be really intentional about the time that you're spending and who you're spending it with. And does it serve the greater purpose that you're, that you're charging towards in life? Um, and so I'm thankful that, um, that you reached out to me with Yellowbird. Um, but beyond that, like, I, I think you invited me to that, but I, I knew that you were trying to find your way. And I think I reciprocated that. I was on my way to Denver and I said, let's hop on a, hop on a call. Cause you were like, oh, I'm a little confused. I said, great. I mean, I had just flown into Denver. It was a snowstorm. And I think you were in Miami and I was really pissed off that you were warm and I was cold. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that whole theory of reciprocity is really important. Right. And so, yeah, be, be bold. I don't think, I don't think on my deathbed, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm really disappointed. I asked that really hot woman out and she ended up becoming my wife. Right. It's the same thing with your, your, the relationships that you have in life. I, I don't think you're going to be upset when you say, I think I'm really glad that I, that I reached out to Pablo and said, Hey, what's going on? How can I serve you? And that that became a tipping point for you to get clearer in the path that you needed to go take. And so be bold and serve, serve the shit out of your people. If you love them so hard, I tell you, um, man, everything just falls into your, into place when you love your people and, and we're so guarded as a society, right? When, when I like, Oh, what's that person going to think? What are they going to say? You know, like I, you know, when I get to a point of loving someone, I tell them, right. Hey, Pablo, I love you, brother. You know, Hey, we're journeying through life. We're vibing. I have the same values as you. Um, I, you know, for, for some people that's weird. And then they go like, yeah, you know what? I do have love for that person, but that weird guy, Jerry, he's, he's pretty cool. Right. Amen, brother. Amen. I do remember the first time you told me you loved me. It was right after I sent you a text that I didn't know if it was appropriate or not. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, let's wrap this up with how can I serve you, Jerry? Can you, can you promote whatever you're doing or how can I help you or how can people help you if they listen to this? What and, is, how, how can we serve you, my friend? Cause you're right. You did reciprocate. It was extraordinarily valuable to me. I'm really happy that I reached out and have you in my life. I think we're going to be friends oh, forever. I love you, man. And, uh, and I want to end, I want to end with serving you. Yeah, no, for me, I think what you're doing is extraordinary. I love that um, you're building a community around this because, uh, you know, authenticity and building real communities and connection are so important in life. And so, um, if I can help any of your people, I would say, you know, go visit jerrymactamara.com, go vi visit provenchaos.com. If you are a high achiever, who's looking to get more out of life, um, you know, those are the types of people that I help. So look me up. Join me and Jerry at the next session of Office Hours because I will be there. I love it. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in, man. Thank you so much, Jerry. You're the man. Thanks, Pablo. Have a great day. See you, buddy. Seriously, how good is that guy? Ah, oh, man, I love the J-Mac. So listen, I'm going to give some key takeaways here. But after that, I'm going to play the rest of Yogi by the Stiltsville, the song from the beginning that I know you're dying to listen to. And then after the song, there's actually some funny outtakes from the conversation between me and J-Mac that did not make the episode because it was at the beginning. It didn't fit. But I think it's pretty funny. So if you enjoy me and Jerry's report, I invite you to listen to the rest of the song. Stick around for the rest of the episode. I think you're going to get a chuckle out of it. And now to the key takeaways. Number one, core values is everything. While the mission may change, as long as you have your core values, your mission can change and you're not going to fall off the rails. Core values are like that bumper that keeps you going down the lane, keeps you throwing strikes so that when things are changing around you, you don't lose your identity. Two, live in wonder instead of judgment. It all comes down to intellectual curiosity. That is the key for Jerry to have transitioned from career to career, to continue growing, to continue his success. And I can tell you personally that it works. Always seek out what you can learn from each situation, not what you don't like about it. Three, 
Even if you get turned down for a job interview, doesn't mean you can't get a win out of it. As you learned in this episode, I met Jerry because I was interviewing for a job in his prior company. I didn't get the job, but I got something better, a friend for life. And four, and this is the key takeaway from my networking superchargers from this episode, is be inviting. If you can find interesting things to do, and invite people to them, you're going to attract great people to your life. You don't have to be the host of the event to invite someone to an event, and it makes you a more likable person. So give Jerry a follow. Go check him out at jerrymcnamara.com. Provenchaos.com is his business website. Sign up for his office hours. I hope to see you there. Please, if you like this, review the show on iTunes or whatever platform you're on. It would really, really, really help. Like it, share it, take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram, tag me on Facebook, tag me on LinkedIn. That would be really, really awesome. I would really appreciate it. And give the stills full a listen on Spotify. The song that we're playing is called Yogi. It rules. You know you love it. And now I'm going to play the rest of it for your enjoyment and then the outtake. So stick around if you want to hear it. Stills fiddle. Hit it, boys. Of a town will never get far. When he rests on his laurels, he never gained a scar. He jumped from the bridge, feet never hit the floor. One is wise, nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. And if he don't make it, you know he'll be fine. He'll take his toys and move on down the line. Well, I'm a man who'll take what I get. It's like deja vu all over again. Brother. Like this thing? Look at this. Is this blingy, blingy, bling, bling, or what? Dude, that is some craziness. Yeah. The video not on. There we go. You don't even. You don't even know how crazy. <laughs> it's it's almost as crazy. There's a. It looks like a piece of artwork behind your right shoulder. Uh huh. Oh, you're reversed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which one? <laughs> that side. Um, no, that's like red and yellow. Yes, that side. And blue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have a question have about some, it? Have some writing at the top. No, it looks, just looks cool. Yeah, it's cool stuff, man. There is, so top left. So a lot of this is my wife's, right? Like a oh, cool. um, couple of concert posters, wife's work, wife's work, wife's work on the bottom here. Top left is my wife's work. And these are a couple of other pieces of artwork that were made um, that we got when we lived in Winwood and stuff like that. 
Winwood. Yeah, Winwood's like uh, the art district in Miami. It's just like the coolest oh. neighborhood in the world. No big deal. No big deal. And you were there. Uh, I, I, I lived there for five years. It was awesome. I heard it's gone downhill since you left. You know, it hasn't gone better. That's for sure. That's for sure. You got the, uh, you're rocking the rugby shirt. I love a good rugby shirt, man. You know yeah. why? Because I have these little girl shoulders. So this makes it look, you know, like a real it's man. so funny. I was just thinking about a rugby shirt. I, grew, I literally grew up in rugby shirts. Okay. Well, you fall all the way through, right? Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, damn, I could, I could use a good rugby shirt. When it first got cold, what mm-hmm. was that, last week? It's a, great, it's a great tool for this weather, man. It is a great tool for this weather. Yeah. Um, Chelsea was laughing, uh, my trainer at uh, Hodges, because I, uh, I have a Barcelona, like a, like a winter hat mm-hmm. that has like ear flaps. I mean, it's legit. It's, and I had my big puffy jacket as I was leaving the gym. She was like, is it snowing outside? And I was like, it might as well be. Hey, old man, winter. There's a, there's a reason that I'm, um, that I live in Florida as opposed to, uh, let's say Canada, which I did for a while. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that I, I don't live there anymore. I believe that hundred percent, man. Awesome. Tell me what, tell me what you're up to. You sent right, me, uh, you sent me two, two questions. Yeah. And I said, uh, first batch of episodes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best entry, best intro anyone has ever, mm-hmm. ever said, ever, mm-hmm. ever given, ever, ever given you. Yeah. Oh, are we going to, is it like a drum beat? Have you already had that, that type of intro? Uh, with some Polynesian women fire. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Well, this, then this second thing. best intro Then second best intro. Um, <laughs> All right. So what we're up to. Yeah, let's do it. Chief executive connector podcast, right? Like uh, I've told you a little bit about it. The, the, what I want to do is two things. One, bring out the brilliance in you and, (laughs) and, and two, you know, because the chief executive connector is just me finding my way through networking. Right. So like, I want to just highlight the people that I have gotten connected to and the way that it's enriched my life based on your brilliance and also talk about how we met, right? Cause I, I meet people in a million different ways. So I want to talk about that. So people understand that just cause you got turned down for a job interview doesn't mean you can't make a friend for life that will help you on later down the, later down the road. You know what I mean? No, no, no doubt. So, so I want to get, I want to jump right into your story to get, okay. you know, highlight you and then end with how we have, how we met, just, you know, be brutally honest and, yeah. and, and, and just kind of like how we built our, our rapport type stuff. Um, perfect. Cool. I was, I was thinking about, um, first of all, I, I love that your chief executive connector better than connect with Pablo. Yeah. 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 Although, I mean, I love that, but yeah, yeah, I know. I think it's kind of just a little bit more apropos. I agree, man. I agree. I'll I'll probably change the company at some point once it, once it grows bigger than me for right now, I'm just kind of rolling with it. Yeah. What's what's the audience you're looking to, who's the person that you're, you're, you're highlighting connecting to? I want, I want customers of my, so I was between the chief executive connector thing or the hype man podcast. Right. Cause I think I've, I've essentially carved my, my own little niche out here mm-hmm. as, and we can have this conversation during the podcast too. Right. Like I'm, but sure. I, I, you know. I was just looking for the context of yeah. maybe how I would say certain things. That's all. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to show that I'm good at connecting with people. And I'm good at connecting people to others and I know how to make people look good in order to highlight them. So that will be shown the, the I can make you look good thing will be shown to start. And then we're going to reverse engineer of like, well, how do I even get in the room with you type thing? Right. So, so that's, that's my deal. So funny. I was having, having a conversation about that earlier today. And I've got a, and I've got a hard stop like at two fifty nine Cause I got a call with Brendan where I got to pitch him on some stuff. Let's go do it. Hurry up. Okay. All right, let's do this. Quit, quit yapping with me. <laughs> I, I, I hope to I hope to spin in some of this footage later on. Okay. So you ready, buddy? 
I'm ready. Oh, quick question. Yeah. You have uh, been across, you've, you've been at the captain of five different companies in five different industries. That's um, say? So the first one I didn't run. Okay. Um, I can say lead, right? Sure. Lead. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Five and five. Inc. 500 list how many times? Or Inc. 1000 list? What do I say? So, Inc. fastest growing private companies uh-huh. is the easiest way to say that. Okay, um, that's not that super easy. Twice. Okay. But you can say the, the, the Inc. I'm just going to say you make Inc. you've made two Inc. lists, right? Two Inc. lists. <laughs> fastest two, growing company lists. Two franchise 500s. Uh, Florida trend, best places nah, to work. Too much, too, too much. I'm going to, Inc. is a recognizable lane, n- name and I got the rest. 